Top Friday, baby, better than yesterday. Let's get it. We're brought to you today by Super 73. If you know me, you know I'm always on my Super 73. Super 73 is an American lifestyle adventure brand based in Orange County, California, that develops products to help fuse motorcycle heritage with youth culture. They are the original in the electric motorbike. Founded in 2016, Super 73 has quickly grown into one of the most recognizable electric vehicle brands in the world with a passionate customer base including A-list celebrities, professional athletes, and many more including yours truly. Head to the link in the bio to go and get a discount on your first Super 73. I love my bike. I just bought Laura one. She loves her new bike. And I just love sharing the community and the passion behind the brand with others. Go check them out and let me know what you think when you get your first bike. Welcome to Tank Top Friday. Join us each week as we dive deep into topics like goal setting, self-improvement, and personal growth. I'm Clint Stroman, and on the show today, Harry Fryer. Harry is a multi-talented creative media director, photographer, and videographer who has captured breathtaking moments through his lens. He's a lover of all things outdoors and a huge motorcycle rider. We discuss the pivotal moments that shaped his career and the creative process behind his work. Harry shares insights into his unique approach to storytelling through photography and videography and how he strives to evoke emotions and convey powerful narratives through his art. Whether you're a fellow artist, an avid photography enthusiast, or simply intrigued by the power of visual storytelling, this episode is a must listen. Join us as we embark on an inspiring journey with Harry Fryer gaining insights and inspiration from his remarkable experiences and expertise in the world of creative media. Harry, thanks for being here, man. Wow. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> hey, that's... Don't, don't ever get, can live out to that, but yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal every time. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, the tank talk spirit. Uh, it's good to be here. It's good, good to speak with you. Yeah, man. Thank you for taking the time um, in your, uh, in your, in your, I'm sure, a little bit of downtime that you're having right now after your... Uh, big trip as you as you would call it i guess <laughs> yeah well the downtime was i think it was two days now now it's on to the next project back to it yeah <laughs> back yeah to like it. your um your big your big trip being um traveling from new york to la on a super 73 yeah yeah that was um well obviously the, the biggest trip i've ever undertaken and definitely the biggest project um i've done because he was you know part of what i do as a um, kind of media marketer for brands. Um, but ultimately it was, you know, it's, it's a bucket list thing to take off. Everyone wants to ride a bike across America, um, be on a motorcycle or a bicycle or, you know, whatever really takes your, you know, t- takes your fancy. But for me, it was to do something, you know, something completely different, something that no one's ever done before. Um, and that's quite current and that, you know, brands that I've worked with in the past. And so Super 73 seemed like a really, you know, good fit for this. That's what, uh, that's what brought me into wanting to have you on the show was the fact that you, that, that you had that mindset and specifically wanting to do something that was, um, different from anyone else and being the first person to do it type of thing. Because, um, I'm thinking like that all the time. I'm like, dude, what's something that I could do? That's just not necessarily like wild or insane, um, but you know, just something unique that stands out from the crowd, um, like your idea that you had. Hmm. 
yeah absolutely yeah it's uh i mean it was it was a lot of trial and error um you know it, it came together over over the course of two years um i actually first had the thought about yeah, about three years ago now just under three years i uh, did a road trip from la to nashville uh rented a bright red mustang and uh and drove it with a with an ex-girlfriend of mine and um it really made me think you know traveling through these paths i used to see so many of these back roads and, and side roads and you rarely get to experience them when you're on a car on a, on a highway right and what really sh- you know struck me the most at the end of that trip because that took like 11 days uh we took our time you know we stayed like four days in tucson like another three days you know and, um in austin and went out but the the main thing for me looking back on that was i didn't take enough time to just pause and just enjoy the the actual journey because it was constantly right i need to get to a to b i need to get you know next destination next destination i wasn't really allowing much time to kind of you know take side roads and explore some of the you know outside of the uh you know the industrial kind of uh freeway routes uh yeah and i was wondering like what is out there you know how you can do that in a car but then you're not really really engaging with it you know you're not experiencing it um so that really kind of played on my mind i mean i wasn't even thinking about doing you know a whole thing with an e-bike and doing all this trip but that was just there in the back of my mind and when it came to it that i wanted to do something bold really big um and kind of kick start this whole electric cowboy character um was to i was was, was basically you know to, to ride across america and it and it really struck me uh thinking that this is the way i can do it and so off the route uh this trip i had already done in a car and so I, I knew the car i knew the area i knew the terrain i knew the places so i actually revisited some of the other places i went i you know stayed in the same similar hotels or you know i went to the same coffee shop saw the same people that i saw there um in a, in a different capacity you know not right, not yeah. the, not not the british harry that i was but uh yeah, a, a cowboy version. Yeah, why? Uh, why the why the electric cowboy? Yeah, so the electric cowboy. So the electric cowboy is a character I created off the back of um, this elect like personal electric wave, right? Um, so I bought a Super Seventy Three a few years ago, which is a uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a fat tire bike. Um, powered by a battery and a lot of the guys i was riding with in these groups they had like they had characters almost on there they're like, i'm mainly talking about like their social presence right their instagrams yeah. their tiktoks or whatever there was like one guy who was all in orange and he had an orange bike and he was called the orange 73 and there was another guy with like the, you know the mask and he had like another name and they all had these characters which was kind of fun and that separated their like work life with you know this community and I had such a strong presence on my social side on motorcycles, loud cars, like this kind of thing. I was like, this has been very good advocacy for, you know, sustainable transport. You know, I'm going to need to change this vision, this view. And so I created Electric Cowboy as a kind of segue to that. Um, and why Cowboy? It was just, I mean, I'm just a huge fan of Americana um, culture and heritage anyway and i've you know i've watched so many films and count cameras you know westerns and you know films of you know the, the great ex, you know expansion and and the uh you know the pioneers who who kind of paved the way across to the west yeah um and that also inspired the route which which i'll get into 
Um, but so Electric Cowboy kind of developed from that. And I kept thinking more on the kind of the branding side and what it stood for, you know, what are the values of this character and, you know, what I could actually do with it. Um, and that really kind of just shaped this whole project, which I eventually dubbed the Outlaw Talk, um, which I'll get into as well, why the Outlaw. Um, but it just kind of seemed fitting. And also there were just two complete polar opposites, like a cowboy who's, you know, known for very traditional values, um, you know, simple way of life. Um, you know, he's he's gritty, he's raw. You know, he's used to kind of traveling by himself. And then you've got an electric bike, which is modern. It's clean. It's you know, it's no nonsense. It's it's you know, used for city use. And it's like, right. why? Like, you know, you got these. But some way, there is a you know, there is quite a nice comparison. It's the, it's the new. It's of modern iron horse in a way you know we've come back and you know in full circle and so that's why the tour is like can this be you know a cowboy's companion on a transatlantic trip yeah i um it's it's funny that you mentioned uh when you just briefly describe what a super 73 is because i have a ad that i run it's not yeah that's cool. it's not a legit ad <laughs> but i asked her if i can just use my you know like the code that you would have that somebody can get a hundred dollars off and i and i made my own ad just based on descriptions off like you know the main super 73 page that i that i run as my my main thing um i doubt that anybody has bought one yet but you know that that <laughs> listens but but we'll, we'll turn know, that we'll, we'll, we'll plug yeah we'll guys. exactly yeah people people know me and they know that i'm always riding mine and i have a few reasons for that um you know it's fun so that's one of the main things I'm sure that kind of drove you to do it. It's, I'm sure it gets a little uh, monotonous when you're traveling the distances that you were within your days, but it's super fun. Not, not to mention it's environmentally, way more environmentally friendly. And, you know, people always look at you, even, you know, just here where I live, um, people are always just turning their heads. I'm sure they're I'm sure they were definitely turning their heads when you rolled by with all your panniers and your bags <laughs> hanging. And I was, I was an alien from out of space in, yes. in K- Kentucky. I tell you, <laughs> I know. But how cool is that? You know, you pull up and you go, and you pull up and you go, you know, you know that everybody's looking at you. And and I'm sure easily over a total of hundreds of people asked you, "What is that thing? What are you? You know, blah blah blah, all this stuff." And people are always asking. People are always like you know, interested. And I'll tell them, I've had some guys, older guys at the gym. They're like, Hey man, you guy that rides that. I'm like, yeah, that's me. They're like, how about that? How does all that type of stuff? But you're the, are you the tank top dude riding up there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, just, I think it's, I think, um, you know, for, for people like us, it's, it's always about creating and coming up with those new ideas and, and like almost like never being satisfied, but in a good way. You know, you're, you're constantly thinking of like new ways to evolve and even reinvent yourself. Like you came up with your, your, your character that you mentioned. Um, and which is such a cool like idea in itself, because with that, you're able to, you're, you're able to just go off in so many different pathways and, and allow yourself to think about things in in different ways and, and to just be that much more creative. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was a, you know, I wanted to pair my, you know, appreciation and, and kind of admiration of, you know, Americana, like some cowboy wear, Western wear, um, and, you know, 
traveling, you know, vast terrains with, um, with, you know, also my kind of uh, recent adoption into EV um, technology. And so I was like, how, how can I do that? How can I pair all these? How can I get brands involved? You know, what, 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 what's something that they, in their eyes, what would they want, you know, some random guy on the street to be doing? You know, something like this. It's bold. It's crazy. It's kind of stupid. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's wacky, but like wacky gets like, if it was boring or just normal, you know, like that wouldn't really get any attention. You know, it's, right. it has to be what, you know, it has to be so different and just weird and like you want people to go well why <laughs> how many actual how many actual motorcycles do you own uh currently i own three three okay i would yeah. i was gonna guess more like 10 just no 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 no, no. i'm <laughs> I, i'm not a hoarder at least not yet you know i need yeah <laughs> i need i need to do a few tours and make some more more money like you know i think um have you ever have you ever seen the amount that Ryan Reynolds has of his custom oh custom bikes? It's insane. Pro, pro, probably it's I mean, I just yeah, I, I know some of the bikes that he has. He has, yeah. There's yeah, sweet, dude, and and yeah. like for me, so for me, I've always wanted. I've never taken the leap. I'm about to very soon here. I've never taken the leap to actually get a motorcycle. I wasn't really like into it, which I should have been, because it's a big culture for military whether you're Marines, Navy, you know, Army, whatever. And, but I just never was like, I guess the culture in the Marine Corps that you see more so though is dudes on Harleys or uh, some type sport of crazy bike. souped up, like, yeah, sport bike. But for me, right. just like you, I'm more of a, I'm more of a cafe racer style, you Scrambler. know, scrambling or that type of vibe. Absolutely, yeah. So when, um, have you seen, um, have you seen the Batman? Yeah, uh, the yeah. A new one, Robert Pattinson's. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, and I know you're gonna you're gonna point out the. Uh, it's a little Honda CD 750 that he has. Yeah, the one that he rides uh, as Bruce oh. Wayne, and and then his bike as well. That was the one that was the the newer the newer Bat bike. Just insane, dude! Like it's it's my Google background when I you know when I just go to Google. No way! Yeah, I think Scrambler. I think, yeah, yeah. The uh, we they had a few like the Bat bike in that film was actually. Um, I think the engine they used was was a BMW R R L nine T. I think it was, I believe, with like yes, the side, yes. the side engine block. Um, I've got the I've got both engine. Of the, I've got both of the minis. Oh uh, no way! Because I'm a huge I'm a huge Batman guy. Oh so. wow! You're a big you're yeah, a big Bruce Wayne guy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> funny, funny enough, I did. Someone pointed this out to me, and I didn't. Speaking of Batman. And I didn't realize it until they they showed me the scene, and they said, "Dude, is this like is this what you meant, or had you seen this?" And obviously, I'd seen the film, but that hadn't occurred to me. That wasn't, uh, I guess, it was a similar reason. There's a scene where it was in Batman Begins, where Batman comes back from China or Tibet or wherever he is, and he gets picked mm -hmm. up by Alfred in the jet, and he says, "So, like, you know, do you have any plans of like coming back home?" When he says, "You know, I need, um, you know." I need to make it, you know, make a change in this city, but I can't do that as Bruce Wayne, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, people need, you know, apathy to change, you know, I can't do that as myself, but as a, um, but as a symbol, as a yeah. character, something bigger than myself, you know, people will ultimately, um, you know, value that and respect that, which is actually really, which is really interesting. And they, they pointed that out to me. I was like, huh, maybe that's a similar, I mean, it's obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not, 
I'm not Bruce Wayne, but it's for me, it was <laughs> it was changing the image of what my I guess my online persona was. You know, I needed to make it slightly yeah. separate. Um, so it was a similar yeah. way to that in in the whole. You 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 just mentioning Batman. So. What a great movie, dude! Also, yeah. Batman Begins. I I've just always been. It's my favorite one. Huge. Yeah, I've been huge on Batman. I will watch. I've seen all of the trilogy ones over over easily over fifteen times each in my life. Have you I'm, bought all the Uncrate Times Wayne Enterprises products? No, no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> so I'm not. I, yeah, I'm more of like I'm. I'm. I've just always like that scene you mentioned. Such a like it's just like such a cool scene. It gives me like chills thinking about it. It's like you know to be something bigger than yourself, and that's kind of something that I've always like kept in the back of my mind. Um, it's interesting. Well, it's something that Christopher Nolan wrote personally. Um, you know, it was obviously his depiction of, of Bruce Wayne and of Batman, but it yeah. came from something very deep within him. I read an article about it. Someone wrote, I'll send it to you. Um, very, very interesting, but it was all about that, about him, you know, something crazy to shake people out of apathy and to shake people out of, you know, the norm and changing his perception of what people think, you know, yeah, to I have create, a, that, um, create that whole character. I have a whole book of all of, uh, Christopher Nolan's films and oh wow with him until uh, like two or three years ago I think yeah yeah that's awesome but yeah so we, we got to get you on a bike soon yeah man it's uh Absolutely. it's coming I'm on I'm on the hunt I'm I'm here and there on Facebook Marketplace I've seen a couple I modified my Super 73 to uh, people say wait isn't that if they know Batman they're like isn't that the one that he that pretty much looks just like the one he rides in the Batman. I'm like, no, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, Dude, I, think I need to see a picture of that again. I'm like, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I um, funny. yeah, I need. I, I the the thing for me is finding. I found a a old Honda CB that a guy had um, completely restored, and it had a, a really cool looking gold tank, and it was set up just super scrambler vibes. Um less like you know sleek road cafe racer and that one just like spoke to me personally because it's something about having having a certain bike if you have one that has the ability to go hit a trail if you need to but also looks sick going down the road you know what i mean right 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 yeah no you need a you need like triumph scrambler or something you can do that with a honda um i mean funny enough so the bike he has, I think it's Bruce Wayne's bike. He has in the film. It's very like raw, rundown Honda. C- I think it's, I think it's a CB five fifty or seven fifty, um, yeah. and it's just, it was the same as my first bike I bought when I went to London. I bought it, it was cool. a blacked out, black like kind of slightly glossy tank, but very raw pipes coming out. Nineteen seventy eight Honda CB five fifty, and I had these like Firestone black tires, and it was very just raw ratty. When I saw him riding it in a film, I was like, wow, that's a very interesting choice for you know for, for batman because i know it's not the most reliable bike yeah. <laughs> it was it didn't like the wet at all and here we are right. like only riding it in the wet and i was like yeah. listen this is not very true every scene is night in the in rain yeah, night in the rain and it's like the two times i avoid riding it yeah but, uh yeah so i mean I, yeah. uh, I have some plans to have the stuntman that actually uh was the one like driving those bikes on no way chest. yeah oh wow that would be yeah. what's his name rick english is his name oh rick english of course yeah. he did john wick he did he did yeah. a whole i mean he's done um didn't he do mission impossible fallout or one yes. of them yep yeah wow and if you can get rick english he's a cool guy 
he's uh he's ta- he's messaged with me back and forth. I think it's just I just need to keep uh keep hitting him up and and uh until he until he has the time and then the well, other I tell, you, I tell you what right now is the time with all the strikes that are going on he has oh yeah not filming right and then same thing with the other um the other guy because uh, these are just like I have this avenue with Tank Top Friday and I'm like dude let me see if I can get the guys that actually are Batman you know that's yeah stuntman yeah. the other guys the other guy's name is uh Richard Richard Citrone and he is um he was uh Ben Affleck's uh stuntman for for the dot for you know all of uh Zack Snyder's stuff. Oh, that's cool. So well, uh, it was more of a uh you know hand to hand combat fight the fighting stunt dude for Batman. Um whereas the other guy's motorcycle and, and vehicle. So super cool. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm hoping that I can uh, you know I just stay on him. Hey man, when can I have you on? <laughs> so you you will we'll get him on send, eventually. Send on this podcast like a a node to uh a node to Wayne do it. <laughs> oh I, yeah definitely for sure. <laughs> Um, speaking of, I, uh, I wanted to ask you, cause I haven't really asked a guest in a while. Um, what, what your thoughts on tank top Friday are, what, what, what does it mean? What does it mean to somebody like you? Um, it's, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it, it, I think it could be multiple things. It's for me, it's purely, it's a, it's a kind of, it's one day that you that you dedicate to one sole task because you know so many days in our lives you know we, we're constantly i mean me specifically i'm like i'm juggling so many different things you know i have my to-do list but i'm just constantly distracted like okay i'm gonna do this thing and then i'm gonna like try and do that task at the same time as watching this thing and then you barely you get like you know two percent done of loads of different things rather than finishing one whole project so whether that's completely um you know uh, relaxing for the entire day and kind of you know detoxing from the week um, or whether it's actually getting that big task done before the weekend because you know obviously the weekend you want to relax and you know depending on what your work schedule is like um, but it's yeah it's purely a day that you dedicate just to one thing whether that's just go to the gym you know and do that do that leg day that you've been putting off for so long or go run that 10 mile um stretch that you you know you, you've been telling yourself to do every uh every morning that you never do so yeah it's it's purely then it, it's quite interesting i mean after you mentioned that to me before um it's it's kind of incorporated into for, for myself you know to dedicating one specific day to one task and i'm trialing it out to see if i'm more effective that way because uh, it, yeah it's, it's very interesting yeah i um i think that's a that's one of the most unique responses that i've heard um, asking folks because sometimes I'll ask a guest and 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 they're like, well, I don't know. You tell me. You know how am I supposed to know? Um, and some people might automatically assume Tank Top Friday means oh that podcast is all about lifting weights and and you know think things involving that where um it's more of a metaphor. It's turning into. I was about a- to say I think the yeah. I think that yeah the tank top is just a metaphor. It's turning that- into a yep. It's turning yeah. into that a metaphorical thing, and that's why I try to I try to keep that at the at the fore. I have some personal trainers that I've been on and things like that, but all the time I'm keeping it as it's becoming more of a, a mindset and a and more of a mental um, strength sort of vibe and uh, surrounding that type of stuff, which I think is super important as well. So uh, definitely, your your response is is was 
unique and also something that, um, you know, the Friday idea is just like, hey, it's Friday. Let loose, man. Uh, listen to an episode of this podcast if you're a Friday listener. And hopefully that episode just makes leaves you feeling um, inspired or motivated or just ready to take on a task that you've been thinking about for a long time, like you said. And, um, you know, and or you just have a good weekend and mm -hmm. something simple. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that response for sure. So let's get into a little bit about the Outlaw Tour here, because I know that that is was a huge accomplishment of yours that you just recently finished, um, what, a, a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, yeah, actually, I think three weeks ago now. Yeah. It's been, I think, since, since I actually hit the, uh, the finish line. Yeah, so, so I've been two, two weeks in LA and then I came back, yeah. So your, your idea behind it was to do something out of the norm and to challenge yourself in a different way. But in order to do something that that massive, to travel from New York to LA on a Super 73 electric motorbike takes not only a whole, you have to take a whole lot of time, so you have to have the time to do it, but it also takes money, of course. You have to stay places, you have to you have to, you have to do your own maintenance, you have to pay for maintenance, you have to make sure that you have all your gear, you're also, all of your, um, all of your video and everything that you post and everything that you have, you do yourself. So talk about just a, every day being a separate project. Um, the idea of that to me was like, dude, this guy is just on it, like on it. <laughs> Every single day. And then I saw I saw one of your videos looking at your Instagram, um, or it was just one that you had posted that day, of how you pack all of your gear. And honestly, to me, and I'm sure to others, that specific video of how you pack all your gear was just like soothing to me. It like gave me chills. I was like, <laughs> I was like dude, this guy is like locked on, super organized. Like I was just like, that is, that's got to be such a good feeling just to have that <laughs> it organization. Was yeah, it, it it took a while of uh, kind of trial and error, but I finally found my um, my you know specific um, kind of style and uh, and method of doing it. I mean, I I'll, I'll give credit to uh, the the military days. You know, as you know, like prior preparation and planning prevents you know piss poor performance. The seven Ps, you know, and so having so, all your gear and have, exactly you know having everything you know strategized and every you know you know every everything went in one specific pocket and what you know it was the same thing every single time so if it was in the middle of the dark or nighttime film i would know exactly where it is or or whatever and so the, i needed to find a system that was that would allow me to easily take the gear off and on and also get to things that i would need right then and there be it like a pump be it uh a spare battery uh food protein bars things like that i needed that easy access to them and so i, I created a, a you know a system did you you did everything by yourself correct you didn't have a team that was with you no no towards i mean kind of towards the end people would hit me up saying hey like can i meet you at this place i'd love to film you and so bit by bit people joined my trip and helped with some of the help with some of the content um i had people join me uh some friends join me in phoenix um but they, you know, for the most part, I was, you know, that's why I took a drone with me so I could capture content of myself, which you, you can't do. So we're just holding a camera. Um, so the, the whole idea in the, in the entire trip was to, I was basically like, you know, just a kind of one man band. I was doing all the PR myself. I was doing all the, 
fundraising myself. I was obviously doing all the writing myself, the training myself, um, and then and then ultimately all the filming and the editing and the scheduling and the posting. And so, how yeah. uh, what what drone were you running with? Uh, so I I actually lost that drone. I mean, I'm going to tell you a crazy story. Actually, what happened? But uh, the first drone I had was yeah, I didn't just lose the drone. I it was it was it was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Um, it was a Mavic Air first generation because I was on a bit of a budget and it was it was brand new from Amazon but uh, I needed something that was so compact and small because I was you know at the mercy of, of space and weight um, especially on an e-bike and so that was a really good drone to begin with and one of the good re- like good points of that was it could have uh, it had tracking features so I could throw it up and you kind of you know uh, pinpoint where you are and it would active track mm-hmm. so it would it would follow you um and so I used that a couple of times. It was difficult trying to find places that didn't have power lines, trees, obstacles. Hey, there we go. Is that I've what's got, that I've one? Got my, this is my my baby, dude. I just got a new one because I crashed the other one the other day. Is that so a Mavic Three? This is the Mini Three Pro. Oh, Mini which 3 also Pro. it's the first Mini that has active track, and I've been playing around with it because I'm not anywhere near as good as you, but. <laughs> Um, I actually just started a drone company as well called Elevated Visuals North Carolina. No way. So, yeah. Cool. So, uh, I'm really, I'm breaking into that scene as well. And I'm actually doing some drone uh, footage for a, a run series uh, in the foothills here near Boone. And um, yeah, just kind of like rolling with that. So, it's funny that you mentioned the active track and all that. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, honestly, I would say it was, um, I didn't use it as much as I thought I would. I use manual a lot more. Um, there was, there was one, so if you're on the bike, if you're, if you're on the bike and you're trying to, were, were you stopped most of the time if you were doing anything drone wise? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, okay. I pull over on the side of the road. I mean, so th- there were so many factors, you know, in the day, cause you've got like the range, range anxiety was my biggest fear to begin with. And, and it really was tight, um, until I got given a third battery, um, which super 73 kindly sent me um so up until then i was really cautious that kind of took precedence over a lot of like i would do my normal content which i was filming a lot just on my iphone i mean it's super easy to use i mean i just have like a yeah you know mount that clips onto the handlebar so i could pick it up and use that easily uh and these cameras are insane this is an iphone 14 pro so yeah using that for a lot of my content i had a big uh big uh sony a7 III that i'd use for a lot of the imagery and then i had another sony a6 300 uh, that would use for other things and then i had a uh, insta 360 so for the most part i was using them just you know to capture um and i could do that on the go you know i could press record while i'm riding you know i could you know, get my camera out while i'm riding my phone out while i'm riding but a drone that, that's difficult because you need to calibrate it you need you know it's, you can't really do that and it's just dangerous right you've only got two hands on the on the handlebar and so um, if I'd have time, let's say I'd strategize a day, you know, let's say I'd do, I'd do like 70 miles in one day, 80 miles in another day. And I say, okay, tomorrow, rather than stretching 100 miles again, another 80 miles, you know, I've got time. Why don't I go, I'm going to go to this town, which is only 40 miles away, but I'm going to take the whole day to film. So that would be a content day. And I'd pick, okay, like I'm going to focus on this bike or like this you know this uh, this brand or the, whatever that is i'll focus on or mainly just focus on getting some you know over shot 
um, or overhead imagery of like photos and, and, and videos that, that I can use and, just, and you know, I'd use this kind of B-roll. Um, and so I wasn't all, I did, I, looking back, I wish I'd stopped a lot more because I was going, I was going, you know, A to B, C, you know, every single, you know, place as fast as I could. Um, which again, brings me back to, uh, you know, that, that trip I did in the car. I did learn from that a little bit, but it, you know, it always, when you're in that, you know, position, you're constantly thinking about, okay, am I going to get to my destination in time? You know, do I have a bed to sleep tonight? Um, cause every day was a new place and you, you know, you don't even know if it's space or whatever. Um, and so it was really, it really depends on, you know, what the day looked like, the distance I was having to go, obviously the weather, the terrain, the elevation, how much wind, cause you can't fly drones and wind really, or heavy winds. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that played a big, big part in planning. Um, so what happened on the days where you didn't feel like riding? <laughs> Did you have any like that where you woke up and you're like, dude, I really don't feel like riding today. Did you ever have a thought like that? Yeah. I mean, you constantly wake up and your legs will be aching, but I, there was never, there was no, I mean, I planned out every single day because I was on quite a tight schedule. There was never, luckily I never let my senses or like, my, you know, my kind of lazy self get, you know, yeah. override the the tour. So luckily I never actually, you know, just gave up on one, not gave up, but like just decided to stay in one morning unless it was raining, yeah. unless I physically couldn't go, you know, or raining really heavily or there was, I just narrowly missed a tornado. And so I think that, that was a wise decision to stay in. Um, <laughs> But also, again, I was on, on, you know, I was on a budget as well. So I was like, okay, yeah. if, it, if it was a cheap motel, then maybe I might say, okay, actually, this might be a good time just to, you know, settle up, go through, review my content, see what I have, see what I need, reply to emails, and that just be like an admin day, you know, yeah. wash some clothes, things like that. And so, it, but that was more of like a, a strategized process. It wasn't just, oh, you know, I'm dead like that. You know, I, there, there was too much riding on it that I, I couldn't really be complacent. What, um, yeah. So, so those, those are, those are some of the things that I, I w I'm thinking about because I ride mine almost, I ride mine every day, at least to at least two different locations. Like I ride it to the gym, um, unless it's raining and I used to ride it to work when I was just bartending on the side. And, um, you know, I'm like his legs, first of all, your knees gotta be hurting. How tall are you? I'm five eleven. Just I'm, I'm just under six foot. Me, yeah, yeah. Your your knees got to be hurting at some point, and then also your your ass has got to be hurting too. Because even though I have like a custom, I have a custom, I have a custom seat, dude. And it, I got you know I got it off Etsy. It's got you know it's a it's thick too, and it's and sometimes it still hurts though. And I'm like, yeah. Did he did you wear bike shorts under no. sometimes? No, no, no. I was I was no. wearing I was actually wearing like kind of like hiking pants made by a brand called um yeah. Prudoc. They're uh yeah, ex um UK special forces guys created this really cool brand. But these um I mean they, they were good, uh they were good, they were lightweight kind of um like hiking kind of everyday trousers and that I used, but there was no padding in here, they weren't optimized for, for cycling, you know. Um Yeah. I would I, I mean I started out I had a custom seat online. But it was just the seat that I bought the bike with. You know, the guy bought it off. He had customized it slightly. And it was actually less comfortable than the original seat. It was really, yeah. really, really hard. Uh, very, It was very pretty. It was a leather seat, you know, the nice design, stitching and everything. But like not not the seat you want to be riding, you know, 4,000 miles on. And so 
I think I, I got to Baltimore and I went to a Lowe's. Uh, I met a friend there who I stayed with and uh, we drove to Lowe's and uh, I actually I bought a garden pillow. It's like a rectangular thing um, that I wrapped up in duct tape to kind of compress it a little bit, put it in one of my dry bags that I had, like tied up the dry, you know, got all the air out, tied up the dry bag, and then I just sat on that. And so I had a separate cushion that I'd use. And, you know, after like that, Genius. that saved me. I mean, time and like, time. If, if I didn't have, I mean, I would have obviously figured out some way to get a cushion, but um, I, I, you know, that would have been a different story. I probably would have need medical help. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because sometimes I'm like, damn, dude, like I'm hurting after just riding like, you know, one battery down. Right. I rode, I rode maybe 30 miles. Yeah. No, after a while, that was, it was actually really comfortable. You know, you yeah. just, you, it, would, it would absorb um, a lot of the, you know, road bumps and things like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was, the, the, the main issue was lower back. So I got a lot I, of low, lower back stress, especially, let's say I was low on, low on charge and I couldn't use, you know, much of, um, much of like the throttle or, or like power assistance and like you're going uphill you've got a lot of wind against you and you're really pedaling right you, you're almost standing up at this point yeah and that is when you're putting so much pressure on your lower back yeah um but like i was like shouting and screaming through my helmet like come on you know you know do it you cannot stop now like if you stop now you're done you can't get back up this early you're just going through all the and then you know your back is hurting you're screaming you know it's, yeah, uh, that that was like the you know nice part. But like, I would never like my, my legs were never really that sore. Early days they were, um, and then like the, the rest of your body is fine. Your your shoulders a little bit, especially if you're like right. you know, a lot of the times I'd be you know uh, have like a, like a lower position because actually easier on your back than sitting upright. You got all the weight sitting directly down. That's why cyclists often, um, you know, they're, they're always kind of hunched over. And so I'd, I'd adopt that position a little bit to help. So your sh- the back puts more pressure on your shoulders or, you know, or, or your wrists. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, it was like feet firing, like everything else. I was actually okay. What was your strategy day to day as far as like riding modes? So so the Super 73 has has riding modes. If you're in mode four, you're you're all throttle and you're, you know, you're going as fast as that bike can go, which, uh, yours is same top speed as, as the one I have about 30. And so, so you're not in mode. I would assume that you weren't in mode four every day because your bat, your battery only lasts like, honestly, realistically, like 23 to like 27 miles. I feel like if you are in mode four going all the way, I've, I've tried it many times sometimes ran out of juice. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty accurate um, uh, kind of gauge. Uh, it, it it really changed, you know, early days because because again, taking on the trip, I had no prior data to go on. No one had ever done right. something like this, especially no one had loaded up the bike with, you know, myself. I weigh. I'm trying to think what's that. Like, uh, I weighed what seventy five kilos. Virginia, what, what what that is in pounds? It's like double, probably. So, yeah, you're probably like what two ten. Yeah, exactly. And then add on an add on another ninety pounds of uh, weight, right? Yeah. You've got all, you've got all this. You you got three batteries, which weigh like ten pounds each. Um, and so yeah, nothing really to go on, and so it was more just trial and error. So every day I was just taking on you know new, um, 
new modes. So I'd trial out. So I'd start, okay, what does it look like in mode one? I couldn't move. What does it look like? In, what does it look like? And I mean, it, it was, you know, I was going through New Jersey and which is not very hilly, but it was, you know, a lot of consistent uphill and a lot of wind, you know, and all the wind is coming from the west to the east. And so, right. you're, you're, you know, no matter which way I looked at it, I was constantly, you know, getting hit. And so it wasn't very favorable on the bike. Um, but without, without disclosing too much, I mean, I was, um, I was going between mode two and three for probably about 75% of the entire journey. Yeah. Um, and then, so how it would be like, I would always start off on, on mode, generally mode three. When I, when I start off on, you know, on the ride and my bike doesn't have uh gears and so I couldn't change cadence of how i was cycling so if i was going 25 miles per hour and it wasn't engaging the um it wasn't engaging the actual uh hub right then i can't use any of my leg pressure so i'm right. you know i can only so it's not like i can you know actually change the gearing down so if i wanted to use my leg pressure i'd have to slow down but then that would you know change my 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 uh my timing and so it was, it was a bit of you know it was a battle between okay like how much charge do you have and how slow or fast can you go so early days i was you know i would say between between like new york and nashville i was very economical very 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 economical you know i uh, i only got us i only got my third battery when i got to charleston west virginia so i had to go over the appalachian mountains with only two batteries and that i i'd got i had to take get off the bike multiple times and push it uphill could just, mm. just, just, just because I wanted to save the battery. I had battery left, but I didn't want to waste, you know, a good fifteen miles that I could get, like going relatively slowly, just getting up this like four mile stretch of hill. So I, yeah. you know, I'd push the bike, use a little bit of like throttle to help me on hard parts. Um, so it was it, early days. It was a mixture of that, and then eventually I reached out to seventy three, and they sent me a new battery. Um, so now I was running on three, and I mean. It was, and now I could reach comfortably 100 miles a day. That's sick. Yeah, and it was. I mean, if you think about it, you can, you can very easily get. I mean, I can. I think the most I ever did, I got. I think I got 80 miles, in one go, on three batteries, which you know, which in a way is actually really good. If you're, th- I mean, it, considering you know you've got like elevation, a mixture of elevation, a mixture of like rough terrain. A lot of weight on the bike, side winds, um, you know, and all these things plus me. Yeah. Um, and that is with, you know, that's using a lot of the bike's power rather than my leg power because, but by, by which point I was going like 35 miles per hour comfortably, you know. Were you on, think, uh, were you, were you on the Blue Ridge Parkway at all on your Blue Ridge trip? Parkway? Uh, I, th- I think I skirted on a little part of it. I did. Um, it was weird though. I mean, we could probably get to this part, but choosing like, the, as you know 73 is quite you know it's a heavy bicycle especially with all this gear the bike wasn't really suited for bicycle routes it didn't like you, you know you can really it didn't like gravel paths even though i had the big grizzly tires on it it was you know it just it's just more friction you know and i was trying to find the optimal route no matter what and so didn't really like gravel paths it didn't like obviously grass um with you know with, with all this weight and so I couldn't really use bicycle routes that much, which were obviously much more, you know, beneficial. It was away from, you know, there were, you know, straight routes. It was away from traffic, away from other people and things like that. But I couldn't really go on freeways. And so I had to try and find like car routes that wouldn't, that would avoid motorways. 
Um, and so that was a bit challenging, but no, I mean, I, um, the, I think the most off, like apart from the Mojave desert, the most sort of barren terrain, like off terrain route I did was getting over the Appalachia. I, I, I did a cycle route cause I was, I, I try to avoid it for so like putting off it for so long. So I went from Washington straight up to, uh, Woodstock, Virginia. Right. And it was, you, you either getting over the Appalachia, the easiest way is either over the very top and you know in north virginia or you go underneath down towards i think it's harrisonburg or something that might be something like that i think something like that you go like right down you know it's a cycling it's a good like three four days and so rather than going above because i didn't want to you know skirt north i was like i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna cross it down there so i just kept going south 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 right along you know the edge of the mountain to eventually i got i think it was called harrisonburg and i was like well Today's the day. I, I'm going to have to go west at some point. Yep. There's no way avoiding this mountain. And then uh, I did. I managed to find some route that kind of, you know, got through. There were little towns. Um, and then I did a bicycle route that I realized there was a much better route in hindsight. But I yeah. went straight over this, like, rather than skirting, going a little further out, but that was flatter. And that cut through a valley. I just went straight over it. But it wasn't a road. It was like a, it was proper, like, thick gravel, rocky yeah. <laughs> yeah that that kind of thing and it was absolutely freezing um oh i bet yeah um have you always had this have you always had this um wanderer type of personality yeah yeah i i have i mean i, I do love the outdoors um you know i'm not a, i'm not a full like outdoor nut but i'm extremely adventurous i mean i luckily you know growing up my parents were very outdoorsy adventurous you know we'd always do like a fun challenge every year whatever that is um yeah when i was uh how old was i i must have been 20 i think 2021 i climbed um mont blanc the highest mountain in, in europe with my brother with a what's with the a, elevation there uh it's i yeah. think it's 4850 meters it's just it's nothing like everest but it's quite high yeah that's pretty much um we we have here in North Carolina Mount Mitchell. Oh wow, pretty much Mount Mitchell. Oh wow, it's a it's a hell of a hike too if you hike it. You can drive up to the top if you want, but um, I plan on hiking it soon. I'm going on a big hike this Saturday as well, which is going to be cool. So um, yeah, I, I just I I've always had that wanderer mentality as well, where it's like, and I and I think that really gets ingrained in you when you're younger because it, uh, if your parents get you outside and and you're constantly doing stuff, even if it's small hikes, things like that exploring just allowing your curiosity to to just go wild um i i, I intend on doing that with with our son who's three months old now so oh, huh. um, congrats yeah thanks man um so yeah we're i we're one in the same when it comes to that i'm always i'm always looking for something something new to, i it's funny you mentioned the weight of the super 73 and pushing it having sometimes a hop off and push it because it reminded me of a um so you've seen the fat tire you know, bicycles that are yep. usually used in snow or in sand, um, or, you know, it's, some people ride them on the road. There, there was the, it was the very first, um, U S open fat bike race that, uh, was a Red Bull sponsored race that was in at Wrightsville beach, North Carolina here. And, uh, with, I had just gotten out of the ring Corps. I was like, dude, this sounds fun. Why not? You so know, I get a fat tire bike. However, um, 
and I didn't have bike gear. You know, I didn't have a, I didn't have nothing. Like I, I show up, all these people are decked out in all their bike gear, legit helmets. You know, these dudes are like cyclists too, like, like cyclists, cyclists. And I've always loved cycling and I, and I ride all the time, but I, I get a bike and I'm the only steel frame out there. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're so, all carbon fiber and yeah. Right. I'm the only steel frame out there. And here I go, I, I signed up for the eight miler. There was an eight, a 16 and a 30. And all you do is you go down on the on the thick sand where they had like all these cool obstacles and stuff. And then you do a U-turn and you come back on the hard pack. I quickly found out that this bike literally would not ride in the in the thick sand oh, up top on the beach. Geez. So I had at the time, I don't even know if AirPods were out yet because this was 2015. Maybe the first AirPod came out. But at the time, my friends, uh, my roommates at the time were both former Marines. They had some type of... Um, Airbud or whatever, where I just put it in my ear and they're like, Hey dude, we'll just be in your ear motivating you and shit. And you're going <laughs> to fucking, you're going to fucking win this race. Cause as soon as I got there, I was like, dude, I'm way out of my league here. I have like an orange yeah. tank top on and like some random helmet. And like, I just look, <laughs> you mix not. Right. Right. And so I quickly found out that my fastest way to do this and the best bet was to, because there's no rules on that, hop off the bike and run through the thick sand. Wow! So what I did. Wow! And and then I would then I would hit that U turn, hop on the bike, and just sprint as fast as I could, and then get back to the, the hard pack or get back to the thick sand, hop off again, run it, and there and I ended up winning. No <laughs> way! That's insane. Just by pushing it, dude. It was absolutely brutal, though. So well, I bet. Yeah, I was like running through that. Found anyway with your feet. Is, yeah, yeah. I keep my I have my uh my number placard right here to the left of my iMac and just as a reminder of the hell I went through that day. <laughs> that's that that's a good reminder. Good to uh, yeah, remind yourself good times, you, though. I mean you I kinda... you know yeah, just what you're capable of, which I think is the the mental you're you kind of touched on it, the mental strength that it take that it took for you to go through that trip as well, I'm sure was a test in itself because you know, you have to have patience because you know that you're only capable of being able to go X amount of miles per day and you're only able to go certain, a certain speed as well. So, you know, whereas some of us in our mind, you go, oh, okay, I'm going from this point to this point today. How, sometimes I think about when I'm running or when I'm riding a bike and I'm like, dude, if I was driving this, I've, dri I've driven this before. Like you said, you drove some of the, the, the area that you traveled on. You're like, man this kind of sucks. Like I'm only able to go like 25 miles per hour here. Um, yeah, so that I'm sure you had to reach a level of patience too. That was like, you know what, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm committed to. hundred percent. Well, yeah, I changed my entire perception of, you know, what, like what I was doing, you know, ultimately it was, you know, there was a goal and, you know, it was a mission that I'm doing, but it was work at the end of the day. So, you know, like I said, I couldn't really, yeah, I can be complacent. Um, but it's humbling, you know, I'm used to, going you know doing these miles on a motorcycle where you can go 100 miles per hour if you want um but yeah like you said i'm, I'm limited to 25 or even I, the, the heart the main the discipline and sh like mental strength uh really came into play when knowing that you knowing that you have a mode four and that you can just go 35 miles the whole you know the whole journey was, was you know as far as you want um but not using it because you know you might run out of battery right but it's that you know it's that barrier when you get to that point and you've just reached that top of the hill or you you know you've got to the bottom of it 
and uh and you're looking up and you're going oh my god like i've got to go all the way up this and i've got to like you know push right. and it's i could just put it into mode four and then that it's going to be over in five minutes or i can say but then you're like no 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 you know you can't see there's a little battle in the voice in your head saying you know what just, just just push it you know just put it into mode four it's fine you know you've already, you've already done the bit but just going no because if i do it now i'm not gonna have i'm not gonna have enough left to get me to my final destination do i want to be walking this in the dark no so right. you can't see you know your, your your reasonal your reason self will come back and be like no that that's not happening you know if you do this now then you're gonna you know you're you're then gonna accept it and that's gonna be the norm for the rest of the trip you know you and you don't want to yeah. set you know you got to try and it's like tricking your own mind like you got to set an example to your mind like no this is the structure this is how we do things yeah yeah and that's a lot about that says a lot about an individual as well like you know just just your own values and the way that you um that you tackle everyday life because you know it's a, it takes a lot to come up with a plan like that and execute it and, mm. and make it happen so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah every, exactly i mean yeah i think one of the other like disciplined parts was actually you know at the end of the day as you know you know I, there was always a, a structure i had you know and you know as you do in the army at least we were taught is um you know when you, when you come back off an exercise it's your kit first always then your kit the vehicle whatever it is and then lastly it's yourself unless you're injured there's right. no reason you know you need to you know you, you need to tend, tend to yourself first so it's all you know the first thing you want to get back you know is like put up the bike lie down and fall asleep right but it's like no no no, because right. i've got to charge my batteries one night i forgot to charge one of the batteries and that just ruined the entire next day i then had to cut that day in half and that was a real you know test myself it's like well let's see what happens if you forget or you become sloppy or you become lazy you know whatever like you've got to be fully on it because your whole you know your your next day is fully reliant on what you do the night before you know so every night will be you know taking off the kit checking the kit that there's no cut holes or anything check all that the water like the the dry bags that there's no holes in it uh checking the tires that there's no wear and tear the batteries like chain yeah you know everything I, so that was doing all that before like it, it actually it became a lot easier after knowing that okay you've you've done all you've checked off all of these things the bikes sorted your batteries are all charging then you attend to like your footage and then you offload the footage and so your your memory cards you know are um are, are free otherwise you know you're not gonna have enough space and then your then your camera batteries are charged because you don't want to you know the next day get your camera out and you're out of a battery Doing all of those, you get used to it. But doing all of those things was 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 a big challenge and big discipline. Um, but the, the the rewarding thing is after you've done all that, you lie in bed and you've got everything set up. You've had a shower, you know. You you've washed. You're now you know you're in bed. You're just responding to things on your phone or uploading like a new episode or whatever. And you're just you know it's relaxing and you know that you get to wake up the next morning. Your kit is already prepared on the side. What you're going to wear, so you don't have to think about that. You just pick it up, go. You know. Um, so that, do you like that? Are you uh, are you like that day to day as well? Not not uh, not not as extreme, but I'm I'm very OCD. Um, I I I'm about posted a video of like my room setup of like okay, this is where my computer goes. This is where the battery is. Like the that's where you know every room was different, but like I kind of did a structure of where everything was. And the moment I get into a room, because every single room was different, and I was doing this every single day, 
had a, a structure of where I put my wallet, where I put my phone, where I put my knife and like everything else next to it. And then so the moment I wake up in the morning, boom, 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 everything goes back into its place. And one guy commented and he says, dude, OCD much? And I was like, yeah, fucking, fucking right. It's OCD. Like, yeah, you have to, you have to be. But I, yeah, I, I am in a, in a way very um, kind of uh, structured in that way yeah. in, in, in my daily life, be it with, you know, home life, work lives, you know, whatever, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that really... I get that from my from my dad uh, a bit. He, he's very like structured. Um, he's he, he's he's not he, he's not Swiss and not like you know anal about things. You know he's, he's British, but he's uh, I, I guess he got that from the military. And so again, from the military, that reinforced it. Um, you know, I already right. had that quality, and that just like you know made it that that, that just made it more enhanced. You know, and I guess yeah, more yeah. more more elevated. So that really really actually helped um for me specifically on this trip uh it wasn't awesome. it wasn't it wasn't easy um but you know it's uh, it's a structure that you know i'll carry on now do you um plan on submitting to any type of uh guinness uh world record for yeah if you did good question i um uh i actually looked up prior like what 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 are the guinness world records for you know cycle rides you like Riding an e-bike across America is not new. Like a few guys, have, you guys have done that um, for in the past. I mean, not on a bike like this, um, and I don't think with all the weight and everything, like the capacity that that, that I was doing in it. Um, but it was, yeah, it just it, it wasn't like specific enough to, right? At, at least I mean, maybe I just didn't go through the right channels. This was literally directly through the website, like going checkpoint, checkpoint, checkpoint. Is it this? Is it that? And it just went, like, you know, this is not a valid thing i mean i think i don't i think for them to verify you may need someone to follow you or some kind of verification right yeah that you completed the entire journey um i don't know maybe maybe now i still can i have enough footage enough evidence and enough um documentation yeah of it uh that i could then you know technically um apply for for something like that so that could be really cool yeah i mean I, I don't know. It's just something that came to mind as we were chatting. I'm like, there's got, there might be something there. Yeah. Know? Or in the future, yeah. in the future as electric bikes get, um, get more and more popular as they're becoming now. Um, Ooh. I forgot to ask you, what are your thoughts on the tar form? Um, super cool. I've, I, I, I met those guys, um, when I was in Brooklyn last, I mean, it's a very, it's a very impressive setup that they have. Uh, and the bike is, um, extremely impressive I, I i never got to ride it but i did a short video on it yeah it's uh it's interesting because they they're again so it's nothing new it's you know the, the technology that they have is obviously very good and it's proprietary and they're very secretive with it um it's a very cool looking bike is it like it's not it's not a mass market product you know they're not right. targeting they're not targeting the same people as live wire are as you know zero are there will be crossovers but that's not really that thing you know that bike is a complete luxury product but that is also made of composite uh degradable parts that's yeah. the whole thing you know it's very little um parts on that bike apart from obviously the the motor and the electrics and things like that that um that won't decompose but the whole body shell, 
um, and everything like that. I think they're even looking at parts like the wheel now and, you know, types of rubber that they're using. I mean, these guys, I mean, they, they have a different agenda to what, you know, a normal... Literally, a, literally obsessive. <laughs> it's, I mean, honestly, they, yeah, they, they are obsessive. It's a really cool guy called Taras, um, who's a Swedish guy. Yeah. a few founders um really nice really nice uh, group of guys but their vision towards it was to create this full-on luxury product but also just to change the perception of um you know evs as a whole and, and how we you know how we look at that you know not just stopping at okay we we figured out the the like the engine part okay it doesn't it doesn't produce emissions but now it's um now, now let's look at like the materials that we're using you know battery power we okay you know batteries a whole different other thing you know when you're talking about battery waste um which is a massive problem um and then obviously the production of like you know your lithium and your, your copier and, and any other minerals in order to actually make a make a motor and make a battery um but they, they yeah they went further into actually looking at how to like you know how what, what they can do with like the materials that they're using on the bike which is pretty cool i like it a lot um it's a difficult bike to market because it's extremely expensive i think it's somewhere up in like 74 75 us um which is i think or my role where's it left i think i'm pretty i'm pretty positive they're 20 like 25 grand oh yeah 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 maybe that well okay i think maybe they mentioned something about like a seventy-five thousand dollar. maybe maybe that was like a one of one um founder edition model or something like that yeah yeah maybe yeah. they've if they've reduced their price down to, I mean, definitely something like, you know, 75 or 35 under, so not 75, like 25 or 35, but under the live wires um, price, then boom. I mean, yeah. I think that that could definitely have a have an uptake. And I know why you picked that up. That's a very Bruce Wayne bike. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's like, dude it's like, uh, we, we talked about, okay, yeah. So they started, um, they started 44 grand. Okay, forty-four. Yeah, so yeah. they they have yeah. brought that down because that was the main issue they had. For some barrier. reason, yeah. For some reason, I saw twenty-five somewhere. I don't know what it was, but I've I've considered instead of you know we talked about before, um, you know, get get me on an actual motorcycle. I'm like, dude, do I want an actual motorcycle or do I just go and get a tar form because I want I want to be that guy, you know? Dude, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 hugely unique and various. I mean, the Tarforms are a beautiful bike and extremely fast. Dude, Very the fast. sound is insane too. The sound in some of the videos, it's just it sounds like a, it's crazy sounding. <laughs> yeah, it, it literally sounds like a jet engine. I mean, I remember I yeah. just put, pulled the throttle on it. It just it just went. Uh, it just sounds like it sounds like the future. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's just, it's just <laughs> super cool. I mean, they they actually added in the sound. Um, what? No, not added in the sound. They just enhance it. What they used is they actually got like an acoustic engineer to come in and help with the actual internal bodywork of the tank, so that the motor has like a channel where the sound goes through and it resonates inside the actual um, the bodywork. So it's a unique Same. sound made from yeah, and it's a, the way it vibrates on the inside, it creates that sound. That's uh, crazy. Which again, like these guys, yeah, they they are obsessive and they they have made a, a ridiculous product that is obviously hugely warranted. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's very cool. No, I like it. Um, so you have you have your uh, your electric cowboy media that you run, and then you also have you have another um, venture that you're a part of called the Bike Shed Motoco. Yeah, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. 
and how you got started with that and where you're at now and, and everything in between, because the idea behind it just sounds so unique and also just, um, you know, just innovative as, as that comes. Yeah. It's, uh, so yeah, as you, as you got started with that, you, as you got started with that, you got, you, you started with it, um, you know, in the UK, right? Exactly. Yeah. So kind of how it worked. I used to be in the, um, uh, in the music industry in, uh, in the UK. Um, this transitioned out of music into like T into audio for TV post-production. So we, this also helped for the trip. You know, I, I, I'd done a lot of audio editing and engineering in my time. Um, with, with a, with a little bit of video editing, not much like photography and videography is super new to me. Uh, yeah, she studied audio and audio design and engineering. And so that was actually my background, but I fell into like a role in, in, in a, in a, into a, a job that I wasn't really, I wasn't getting much out of, you know, I was, I was sitting in like a dark room all day, like, you know, adjusting sounds and audio and things like that. And that would, that just wasn't, you know, wasn't it for me. And at, at that same time, I came across these guys who were putting on this really cool, authentic, um, custom motorcycle show in London. And these guys were from London. And so I went to one of their shows one year and I met the guys and met the team and they said, uh, we're actually opening a, um, uh, an actual destination. Like, uh, we're, we're opening up a physical spot here in London, like a club where people can come ride their bikes in, put them on display. Um, you can, you know, you can eat there. There's a restaurant there. You can pick up all the gear you need, helmet, jackets, boots, gloves, jeans, whatever you want. We've got a retail shop there. We're going to have a barber shop there where you can get your hair cut while, you know, while you have a coffee and, and we're going to have a lounge. I'm like, damn, this sounds like the coolest place on earth. Like a kind of gentleman's club, like lounge kind of cave, right? You know, man cave. Yeah. And so I, 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 w I went to the, um, the opening of that. I became a member. There was like a little, like small, like membership that they had during the time. This was back in 2015. And then bit by bit, I was still kind of working in, um, in audio stuff and, you know, working at you know, some other, some other jobs on the side. And so eventually I was like, I kind of had it one day and I was like, you know, I, don't, I don't want to be doing this. Like this, this place looks really cool. I want to be a part of this. And so I approached them. I said, Hey, do you guys have any roles available? And they said, yeah, sure. We've got, um, actually looking for someone to kind of work in the retail shop with us. I was like, boom, you know, done. Like it was very, you know, very, it was very low credential. Like, you know, you don't really need, you know, much, but I was like, I just need an in into this company. Like, this is so cool. Um, right. we'll do, I will mop the floors. I'll do whatever, you know, like whatever, you know? So I started working in the retail shop with them and then bit by bit, the brand grew, grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, we, we got a huge following and, you know, we, we built up, you know, the, the shop now and what it, the London one, what it looks like now compared to what it was, is it's changed so much. You know, we now have our own tattoo parlor. We now have our own barber shop, awesome. you know, and it's, it's, yeah. And so yeah, that grew and grew and grew. And then eventually there were ideas and talks on building this into um, a global company, you know, not just the UK, you know, move it over to the US since the US market was our biggest, sort of second biggest following up the UK. And by which point I'd become more involved in the bike sales, uh, marketing and, uh, and content. So like, you know, media content and stuff. So that was more like the focus that I was doing. And, um, yeah, but by then we started, you know, we started looking for investors for our, for our LA, um, spot. And then, so I was looking around and uh, got some interested parties and then myself I, I got involved and I said this looks like a really you know really cool business as well for, for me and so I got involved um 
as a founder investor. And then uh, I still, I, so before that I left the company like full time about two months prior to the trip. So I left back in December, January. So January like this year, uh, December yeah. last year, um, to kind of pursue Electric Cowboy Media, which is my um, creative agency for brands. Um, and what I did, I still work with them. So now I still I still do um, content creation, photography, and media for the bike shed still. Um, and that's through it's through my uh, Electric Cowboy Media uh, brand. But then we're also um, we're also expanding to to new other places. So we've now got LA, we've got London now, and it's uh, yeah, it, it's a really really cool spot. And so the whole idea behind the actual the tour originally was to do a a bike shed London to bike shed LA ride. You know, no one had ever done that as well. It'd be cool to kind of show the story. You know, if there was a way to ride the same bike from London to New York, and so. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like going on on a different tangent. I didn't know if this was the no, yeah, yeah, direction yeah. we can talk. But this was part of the development. And so this was, this was probably about a year and a half ago. I had, you know, obviously this whole idea. And if I was going to do it on a motorcycle, I didn't really know what. And then ultimately when I decided I was going to do this on an e-bike, I was like, this is super cool. I started looking into options. Okay, right. So I can, I can ride from Bike Shed, London, uh, which is in East London, Shoreditch, uh, to Dover. Um, not not Dover, but like, how do I, or you know, across to mainland Europe? But then, how can I get it across from there to America? So I was looking at okay, sailing boats because I wanted it to be a carbon neutral journey. So I was like, yeah, can I get it on? Can I get it on a sailing boat? Sit on the sailing boat for two weeks. Can I put it on a plane that's already going that way? And I'm not I'm not taking any extra emissions. But then that was kind of yeah, uh, you're blowing the line. Now. I was like, can I get on a military vessel? You know that that's going that way, and I was thinking, oh, you know, different options. And eventually, I was like, okay, this is it's not going to work. How am I going to get this across? I'm not going to fly it because that's just, you know, I might as well just buy one in New York. So ultimately, it was it's like in theory, I started in 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 London. That's where like the official like leaving was. Um, but I, I flew to New York, <laughs> and, I, and I and I bought a, a secondhand bike in in, in New York and, and and rode it to bike shed LA. So. It was, uh, yeah, the, the finishing was, you know, in, in LA at the bike shed and that was like kind of the com- combination yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah. And that, and that idea, like the idea behind it all, um, and, and just, uh, yeah, I was thinking like, how would you get that across and, you know, th- thinking about sailing that far or something like that, like what a, what a journey that would have also added to I your mean, trip. Yeah. That would have been a, yeah, an insane journey. I mean, I was. So originally, I wanted to do this with four friends. We were going to have uh, an electric uh, van that we could throw like two spare bikes and spare parts, our luggage. And then I was going to take another buddy of mine who's a sailor who and is also a content uh, like videographer. And then another buddy of mine who's also a, um, a filmographer. So that they could, I was going to have like a team of basically drivers and other people who could ride with me. And we could just create this really fun tour and trip and everything. But yeah. That was going to take like way, you know, that might now be the next project to do, but it was going to, you know, it was way more logistically uh, complicated getting the, the other people to, to get the time off, the expense again of more people. Um, so it was just like that was going straight into the deep end and I was at like zero, you know, I, I had nothing at that point, you know, I had no like, um, no team or anything. 
And so I decided, you know, it's so much easier just to do this myself. I only have to convince myself and the brands to, to basically support. Um, but that, that was literally it. Well, whenever, uh, whenever that comes up, hit me up, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, what? we'll, we'll, we'll do a, uh, we'll do a, a podcast on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. That would be, uh, that would be absolutely insane. It'd be so imagine cool. that. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the, one of the biggest things that we, that I like to try to try to bring up, um, in every episode is, uh, resistance in our life. And so we've been, we've been speaking on, you know, such a huge journey that you just, that you just took up and finished in your life. And, um, but, but outside of something like that in your, in your day to day and, um, you know, when you aren't the electric cowboy, uh, what, what are some, what are some things or what's one main thing for you that acts as resistance in your life? And, and how do you, how do you get past it? How do you combat whatever that thing may be? I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember what I wrote. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, yeah, a lot of resistance. Uh, I always, you know, in everyday life, I mean, be it, you know, just getting up, but you know, that extra hour early so you can get that workout in before you go to work. And, um, for me, it's, it's the discipline to kind of keep the big picture in mind. Yeah. Um, to focus on that hundred percent. Cause you know, it's very, very easy to get caught up in the daily, you know, you said the daily grind, um, of like, you know, just the little trivial things that ultimately, if you, you look back on it's, that's so small and that's so minute, uh, for sure. So what I, yeah, mainly what I've been working on, which has been a big resistance is, is just, you know, just looking out, it's like take, taking that, uh, take, taking the wall out of your eyes a little bit and being like, okay, oh, like, what am I ultimately working towards? Because then actually, if it's, if it's that, then I don't actually need to do any of these little things. They've all just popped up momentarily recently that I think are, that I think are important or that I think I need to do now, but ultimately are just distractions. They just got more obstacles. Um, and so yeah, that, that's, that's been quite a resistance for me. I think that uh, staying organized, staying consistent, and staying focused on that big picture is harder than most. It's harder than it sounds. It really is. Yeah, consistency. I'm so exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and and keeping a lately for me, I, I I've been thinking about this a lot too. Is is keeping a um, a healthy perspective on your life as a whole, or on something that you're that you're wanting to excel in uh, professionally. Or, or just as an individual, like you just got to have a perspective and, and keep it in perspective because most of us don't have it that bad. You know what I mean? Mm. Most of us, you know, if, if, especially if you're in a realm like me and you where, where you kind of choose your own path, you mm. make your own path. And, and I think that really says something about an individual to stay focused on whatever that task may be or whatever your next project is as you, as you are constantly evolving and, uh, and tackling new projects, it's, it's, uh, it's super. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I know that, that that's quite well, that, that's well put. I mean, I think most people's, well, not most people, a lot of people's big resistance is, uh, they're either in jobs that they don't like, but they're doing it because they have to for security or because it's what their parents want. And so that is a really big resistance trying to get, you know, get out of that approval state and just doing it for themselves. Absolutely. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm so fortunate, you know, that I, I have very little dependencies, you know, I've, uh, I don't actually have a girlfriend now. 
I'm not married. I don't have kids. Uh, that so you know, if if that for you it would be a lot more difficult. You know, my my brother and sister. My sister just got married. Well, got married last year and had a kid. My brother just got married this year, and so I'm noticing. You know, their lives are, are shaping like really nice and really comfortably, but they they have a whole lot more to think about. You know, it's not just them. You know, they they can't be uh, selfish. Luckily, I can be. So, you know, right. it, it, in a way, like, it's just me and I have no, no one else to really worry about. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going around being a dick, but it's like, right, right, right. I, this is the only time I can do that is now. Yeah. Because when you, yeah. you know, when you do get like, you know, like yourself with a family, with a kid, and you know, you, you really have to, you know, reshape your, you have to give something up, you know, you, yep. you can't just kind of carry on. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's been a way of, um, that really obviously helped me, you know, through through this trip. It's yeah. just knowing like I can't do this forever. So I'm gonna make the the most of my time right now. I'm gonna do wanna do like funny enough, that was what that was a big question a lot of people asked me actually on the on the road is like, hey, like do you do you not have a wife or something? You know, do you not have kids? Or man, like I can never do this. I'm like, why? And he's like, Man, I got you know, I've got family. I'm like, shit, like, yeah. I mean, of course I wouldn't I probably would never do this if I had like a family at home. Like you can't just leave for three months on, you know. Unless you're unless, dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I, um, I, yeah, I, I have had to tweak a lot of things in my life since you know the, in the past three months. Um, one of the things that I'm I'm grateful for is that I started the podcast before he was born, and then I made a, a promise to myself that I was going to keep it going no matter what. Mm. Um, and now I get enough feedback from enough people, you know, and enough for me as one person. Um that, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't want to stop because there's people that are actually getting something out of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're providing value. You're, you're providing, um, yeah, something to people. Yeah. And I think, and, and for me, you know, I've had to tweak a lot of stuff, but I'm, I'm grateful for being able to, um, still continue on and be able, you know, to, to, to still focus on this while also right now currently being a stay at home dad, because uh, <laughs> she just went back to work. So right. from for for seven hours out of the day, I'm having to learn a whole lot of new stuff, man. It's it's wild. It's a journey. But. Well, I was gonna say waking up early is uh is is not not so uh you know not so alien anymore. It's kind of your it's your daily right. routine. Oh, I mean, I've been used to it forever. It's just making the most out of my time. Like you said, for you right now, big picture. Um, mm. you know, for me, it's a smaller thing where it's like making the most out of my time in the morning from from as early as I can get up until, you know, about right now, about 10 or 11 AM and then, uh, you know, focusing on other things. So it's, it's having a, um, it's a different way of being consistent, but also keeping your perspective, uh, to other things. Absolutely. Close to you. Um, but yeah, like, like I thought we didn't even scratch the surface here, dude. And, uh, <laughs> love to, love to have you back on, uh, for a part two. Uh, when we can find the time and um yeah i need to tell you about uh what happened in uh in new mexico there's the teaser then the, the, that's the, the cliffhanger something something huge <laughs> happened in new mexico that is you know, yeah you guys are not gonna believe it um i i want to yeah i want to get into to some to some stories while you're on the road as well and uh and kind of, kind of hear about, you know, things that happen. So I'm sure, you, I'm sure at times you had some, some safety, uh, safety things that you were Absolutely. concerned about and <laughs> things like that. So, um, 
but yeah, I wanted to, I want to throw out, um, your Instagram at electric cowboy official and, uh, your email, Harry at electriccowboymedia.com If anybody is interested in reaching out, um, you know, or, or any inquiries, um, you're, uh, you're, you're an amazing individual dude. And, uh, you know, a fellow, a fellow wandering, uh, mindset, which, which I can appreciate because I think it's necessary that we all have a part of that within us, that you're always curious and you're always looking to try something new or explore somewhere new. Um, and, and, you know, that just, that's just like, that's what fuels me. And it, and it sounds like it kind of is a thing that fuels you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, th- th- there's a lot of, uh, similarities there and, uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, you know, I appreciate you, uh, obviously, you know, seeing that and, and, uh, you know, and get it, getting me on here to, to talk about it today. For sure. Um, I look forward to part two, man. Thank you again for your time. And, um, and, and we'll definitely, uh, keep the conversation flowing and, and get into some, some deeper stuff and some stories and, and, uh, and things along, along those lines. A hundred percent looking forward to it. All right, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Cool. Thanks dude. Take care. See ya.